got some little are you supposed to yank these apart and they explode yeah, they, they pop do it with the, the next yeah on the table. oh but i it. gave them i'm and whoever gets the big part i assume oh i see prize. i see oh, wait, you just share yeah okay okay here we go here we go oh oh try, try again. For grip oh. oh it didn't explode didn't pop that one all right there you go Is this a laser History pointer? Of Tom Smith. Well, that's a lame one. This is a die. Oh, that's about a, the crackers. A metal, crackers. A, a metal die. I've got a king of hearts. Well, that All right, here's a joke. Oh, there's, All jo right. there's jokes in yep, these things? Yeah, there's jokes. There's jokes. Where do you take a sick horse? Um, don't say glue factory. Uh... The horse hospital? I don't the know. Horse spittle. Horse spittle. Horse spittle. <laughs> horse spittle. Look, baggy. I got a tiny little screwdriver. Oh, cool. Oh, I got I got cool. a die. I got a I got a bag for your weed and <laughs> a king of hearts. <laughs> and some weed. Where does mistletoe go to become famous? Uh, Star Search. Think about it. Where mistletoe, where does it go? Hollywood. Oh. Wamp, wamp, wamp. Like this one, you can smell the, the <laughs> little popper in there. Like a little bit of gunpowder. Yeah. Let's see where do you, where do you find these things? Gene found them. Oh. What's a frog's favorite drink? A frog's favorite drink. Are we recording this? Yes. Slowly boiling milk? No, wait. I have oh. no idea. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Oh, Here's my man. paper crown. Oh, there's crowns. These, mm -hmm. these are crowns? Yeah. All right. It's too small for my big head. But I'm sure mine is, too. Uh, we'll tell you Especially what. We'll leave my hat on. We'll put these on. Uh, Yay. Oh, oh, there it goes. That was loud. This, yeah, go ahead. You do just, that. You just have to hold them firmly. Oh, I see. And there's like a, a strip in the middle. Which has the bang on it. Oh, okay. Halfway through, so oh I see. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Okay, go. It's <laughs> tour again. Uh, listeners, you know, you're hearing us <laughs> opening these little party thingies made out of. Uh, oh, that is. Loud. Which is great radio. Yeah, it is. They make a noise at least. Um, let's intro this thing. Cheers. Let them, yeah, cheers, fellas. This isn't exactly our holiday. Well, it's not our. Christmas it's not our horror. Christmas episode yet, but, but the holidays have begun. Um, cheers. Cheers. Um, 
Welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that has a drink and talks nah, about horror movies bad. in a shed at the bottom of a garden. Um, we leave the struggles of our work week at the door, and what we do here in our dojo is sacred. It's just a different kind of place, and I'm glad we're here. I'm opening my present from Will. I'm going to do the same as soon as you, I, I soon as you have. that charming face. Uh-oh. Yeah. What did you get? Evil Dead. Evil Dead. It's the 4K. 4K oh, scan. man. So, super cheap 16mm film from the early 80s. And looking this is gorgeous. Looking gorgeous. <laughs> and yes. I got Evil Dead 2. The 4K Excellent. scan. Oh, lordy. So, thank you, Will. Thank you, I hope Will. you guys don't have that. I don't no, have I'm sure that. you have a copy of I it. I have of Evil some Dead quality. 2, but not yeah, that quality. Yeah. Mm. So, this um, has got the Blu ray with it. Yeah. But I don't have a 4K player. Ah, uh, but it has the Blu-ray, so... Maybe someday. I'm putting on my paper crown. Thank you. Sort of. You're welcome. This is definitely not... Yeah, and I of... figured you guys yeah. could swap at some point. What did you get? He got oh, Evil, Evil Dead 2. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to put my paper crown on Kind of the hand. same movie. <laughs> well, it's the same, the same movie uh, with money. Yeah. I kind of like the first one better. It's nasty. It is. <laughs> Although... So, here right, we are. Too hard my, to decide. Uh, headphones. There we go. Somebody could complain about us rambling off mic and, you know, kick and scream and moan. Uh, that would cost us some sponsors. Yeah. Uh, let's thank the Moonrays for giving us the intro creature features at the top of the show. Uh, thank you, Moonrays. You can buy their music digitally uh, on Amazon or iTunes. Or um, if you're on Instagram, you can find an ad where they're selling some of their stuff on vinyl. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I forget the record label name that is doing it, but yeah, Moonrays. So it's the Moon-Rays is another way you can find them on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, Twitter? Yeah, nope. Are we on Twitter? No. No. Can people add us? You we know. disagree when we're on Twitter. We can say controversial things like... Evil Dead 1's better than Evil Dead 2. We could say whatever we want, I guess. Nobody's paying us. Evil Dead Remake was better than both the first one and the second one. <laughs> yeah. That's really controversial. That would be controversial, completely. Um, we're doing the Wintry 3 episode today, but before we do, we'll talk about Recently Watched. Any news with you guys? Anything cool going on? Anything awful going on? Uh, so Halloween Hymn came out. We said that. Uh-huh. Uh, almost finished another uh, a Frankenstein comic. But, uh, Better hurry it up. No then, more Frankensteins uh, coming get, up. <laughs> get back to uh, Plan 9, the coloring book. Oh, oh nice. yeah. Yeah, we, we are going to get back to work on that. It's been a rough one, guys. And uh, all, all of it's going to work out fine, but wow, what a year. Yeah. Yeah. I did a Christmas horror cover for um, the Christmas special of uh, Wang's Chop, um, which should be out pretty soon. It should be out before Christmas. But uh, yeah, it seems to be a year of projects where I get things done way ahead of time and then the people are actually publishing it, just letting it slide, uh, like missing all the opportunities. Oh, man. Anyway. Oh. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. You put all that work into it and then you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, nah, well, you know. I, I guess at least you get paid, but. Right. 
No. Sometimes. <laughs> Eventually you do. Sometimes, right? <laughs> sometimes. You get yeah, paid in books and exposure bucks. <laughs> <laughs> exposure bucks. We should make some exposure bucks. I think that would be a good thing. With a frozen president on the front? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who died from exposure. Mm. It, it, it could be, is, is there anyone named Donner we could put on there? <laughs> oh, guys, what have you watched since we did this last? Anyone want to kick that off? Uh, I think all I've watched is Miss Maisel, season two, Mrs. Maisel. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or Maisel. Yeah. I'm not sure how she pronounces Maisel. it. Maisel. Maisel. Uh, and a terrible film for a wintry three, followed by another terrible <laughs> film for a wintry three. I only watched two. I I didn't get a third one. Yeah, yet. I just did the wintry two. Well, yeah. I I only I only did one. I figured if we each bring one to the table, that was the hopes, and I'm yeah. hoping we didn't all watch the same. Did you watch Extinction? No. Okay. <laughs> Guess who's in it? Extinction. No. Yeah. Who? Uh, well, let's see. I'm trying to think of a good hint to give you. Nah, I can't give you any good hints. It's jerk face. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Jeffrey Donovan's yeah. in Extinction? Yeah. Oh. You, you might have wanted to watch it if I just told you that. But when I tell you more about the movie, you might be like, hmm, not sure. Hmm, uh, okay. But you know who else is in it? Uh, Jack from Lost. Ma- oh. Matthew Fox. Yeah, that just killed it completely. Yeah. yeah. Anybody involved in Lost? <laughs> yeah, we had such hopes, and they oh, were they were dashed. They were dashed. So uh, on the Black Rocks. <laughs> so you watch Marvelous Miss Maisel and uh, Mrs. Two. Maisel, and uh, and a terrible film called Snow Beast. Oh yeah, but not Beast. the one from 1977. Oh okay. There is a new Snow Beast that came out last year. Oh. Starring Rob Schneider, mm-hmm. uh, of Dukes of Hazard fame. Really? Yes, he plays a dad. Could you guess that? Dad scientist huh. who's got a surly teenage daughter. daughter. She doesn't wear a Ramon <laughs> shirt though. Does she smoke? She got a male name. No, she's not very. <laughs> she's not very rebellious. She's more pouty than anything. Yeah, male name does help, doesn't it? Like Billy or Tony. Yeah, like scientists in the fifties always had daughters with male names. I don't yeah. remember what the hell her name was. It was that good. Oh, wow. I think his name was Jim. Emma was her name, or Emmy. Okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. I could, I could, um, I could see a, that sucking. It was a piece of crap. <laughs> is he old enough to be a grandpa? Why is he playing a dad? I don't know. He was okay. He was probably the best thing in the movie. Oh. Um, like that movie. CGI blood needs to go. Mm. It needs to not be a thing anymore. Oh, it's it looks like crap. There's nothing good about CGI blood. It looks blood. terrible. I know you can do more than one take, mm-hmm. and that's great. And then I watched uh, the, my next wintry movie. I'll go more into these when we talk about them more. But uh, uh, all the creatures were stirring. Oh, good that you got to watch that. Good, huh? You didn't see it, did you? <laughs> no. Yeah, I watched that too. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll go more into that. We had such hopes. <laughs> I did too. Who was who was um, from from the um, Shockwaves podcast? Shockwaves. Re- Rebecca McKendry. Okay. And I'm guessing yeah, her lot, husband, yeah, yeah, or her brother. There's a lot of good people involved in it. Son, husband, 
nephew with the same last name? Nope. She's not old enough. Father? Anyone. Uh, what yeah. other male could this be? Mailman? Mailman with the same name. Yeah. Not related. Could happen. It's happened. Yeah. Uh, what'd you watch, Julian? Uh, well, I saw. Uh, uh, do you have you seen any of the Detective D series? I don't believe so. Uh, so these are. Um, there's been three films in this series. Um, uh, this is about this uh, Tang Dynasty detective, and uh, uh, it, but it goes into the fantasy world and stuff. So there's actual historical characters in it, like Empress Wu and. Oh, okay. D himself was an actual magistrate. Oh. Uh, the late 7th century. Um, D. Renji. But, uh, yeah, um, so I watched the third one that came out this year, which is great. It's, it's the best one yet. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's The Four Heavenly Kings, uh, directed by Choi Hark. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the third in the series. It's the second prequel. <laughs> Well, they did. They started out with uh, Andy Lau playing D, and then they, and then they did uh, Young Detective D for the next one. So it was like a prequel, okay. starring Mark Chow. And then this is the follow up to, to that one, which is still the prequel to the first one. <laughs> so uh, Detective D, A New Hope. <laughs> yes. Um, so this is a fantasy mystery, and it's just stuffed with like great costumes and sorcery and stunts and creatures. It was, it was great fun. Wow. Giant. That's- white ape and all sorts of stuff i don't want to give away but right all right really where inventive. did you see this uh, it just came out on disc oh okay uh, but yeah that was, that was a lot of fun uh all right this one you know sometimes you watch a movie and it just it just rocks your world it just changes your yeah. point of view your perspective on sure history of cinema i watched garden of the dead from 1972 72 yeah the golden age of something. And uh, I read a bunch of reviews of this, and they all say it's, like, dreadful. And it is. But <laughs> it's the first uh, movie with running zombies. Oh, really? really? And all the way actual back, back from the dead, not, they're not plague people, running right. zombies. They're 1972, not the, they're so not there the you infected. go. They're... There you go, folks. This is, by, uh, this is directed by John Hayes, who did uh, Grave of the Vampire, and I think this was going to be the B feature for it. Grave of the Vampire is quite interesting as well. Uh, It's got like library music, including cues that I remember from Orgy of the Dead. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But this is about a chain gang who are loading formaldehyde barrels in this, uh, and they're in this enclosure out in uh, Windsor, Colorado. Oh. Uh, It's actually shot in Topanga Canyon, apparently. Yeah. and uh, anyway, the uh, bunch of them uh, have been huffing the gas coming off the formaldehyde, and they do an escape, and they get cornered in a cemetery, and they're shot by a bunch of police who have weapons that appear to be loaded with sparklers. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, shortly afterwards, they they rise up and they unload the the truck's toolbox, so they're ghouls with tools. All right. And uh, and they also speak. One of them says, uh, "We will kill the living." Hmm. His voice sounds like he has a a cold uh, and that but the rest of the time it just go yeah. um so yes yeah, so they run around with pickaxes and things More uh, tools. and they still like to huff formaldehyde after death uh they can be stopped by close range shotguns uh they get decomposed by spotlights 
Huh. That's a new one. Yeah, that makes for a, new, a scene where um, they, the uh, the living try to escape this house they're cornered in. And uh, but they, and the zombies have knocked out all the generators apart from the one with the spotlight. <laughs> it's poor planning, really. And uh, so there's a spotlight beam that goes through the dark. So the living are trying to go through the beam, but the generator keeps cutting out. So these oh. arms come out of the dark. It could be really, really visually interesting from a you know a better made movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. And they're also horny. Oh, uh, good. There's this one woman in the movie, uh, who who they're all fixated on, and uh, named Carol. And <laughs> <laughs> shall I give away the climax? The sure. So Who's going to really watch? So this? they're all cornered, but they've got their guns, but they they want to get the zombies to get close enough to use them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they send out Carol in a negligee, and she stands there on the porch, and the zombies like stand there drooling at her. <laughs> And the guys just come out with their shotguns and blow them all away at the end. Oh, so wow. it's pretty unique. Yeah, uh, uh, scantily clad decoy. <laughs> makeup by uh, Joe Blasco who did uh, Rabid and Shivers. Oh. Okay. Um, Fifty nine minutes. Hey, there you go. Wow, that is, man. Uh, you, you can got... watch it one and a half times and still be in the Barnes limit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. If you were to do that, would you the Barnes limit? Would, would, <laughs> would you watch the first half or the second half if you were going to do that? Mm. Second half, it's got the negligee in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. But then the first half, she's she she drives up to the uh, prison camp and she's still in her little seventies waitress outfit. <laughs> hmm. That's a good scene as well. It goes on forever. Just oh. watching her get out the car. And, Oh, God, I love scenes like that. They show you drive somewhere and park and get out of the yeah, car yeah. and walk from the it's, car. It's just several it's minutes just... of this woman in a short skirt walking up to a fence. Wow. Was there like some Herb Alpert horn music going on the whole time? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, I watched a, watched a creamy called uh, The Carpet of Horror. The Carpet of Horror. Does it match the drapes of horror? <laughs> <laughs> so not to be confused with uh, the creeping terror, but um, <laughs> this is a crimi from 1962. German, Italian, Spanish, uh, filmed in Madrid, set in London. Huh. Uh, so they have shots of Passable. Big Pass- Ben now and then and people queuing, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, God, that's <laughs> this funny. is England, so you've got Big Ben and people queuing. Thought, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> England. So they got that right. And, and there's a policeman who goes, what's going on here? <laughs> what's all this then? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so, uh, uh, so it's got like uh, crimi regulars in it, like a... Uh, Joaquin Fuchsberger and uh, Karen Dawes in it. She was in um, uh, You Only Live Twice. She's the woman who chucks oh. James Bond out of a plane. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Pierre Bissari as Bob. Um, and yeah, so uh, it's okay. It's, it's, it's nicely shot. They have like seen at the end where they're chasing around in these tunnels that look like they're you know, subway tunnels. They haven't put the rails in yet. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, it was all right. Anyway, uh, saw a great one. Let the corpses tan. Tan? T-A-N? Let the corpses tan. Okay. So this came out last year, uh, but it's turned up on various streaming services. Mm. Uh, just looks fantastic. I did a whole bunch of screen captures just from the first 15 minutes. I'll, I'll post them up on Facebook next week. Okay. 
yeah, Laissez bronzer les cadavres. Uh, this is directed by uh, Hélène Catet and Bruno Fuzzani. Uh, they're a couple. They did a film called Anna. Which they did, they've done a couple of like uh, Giallo tribute films. Mm. Uh, one's called Armour, which I wasn't keen on. And then the other one is um, uh, The Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears, which I haven't seen yet. Hmm. Uh, um, that was on Shudder. Yeah. I'm not think, sure if it still it's is. gone now. Yeah. Um, so this remind, reminded me of Mandy. It takes like old exploitation plot, but just like jacks up the sonic and visual oh. elements. It's uh, crazy. And it's also filmed... Uh, by a Belgian studio. Huh. Um, and it's not as gory, uh, but it's it just conflates various things with violence <laughs> all the way through. So art and violence, straight off. Uh-huh. Religion and violence, sex and violence. Uh, huh. um, and it's just one of those movies where um, if someone like clicks on the lighter, it's like a gas tank exploding. It's like, boom! Uh, you know, super close-ups of the ends of burning cigarettes. Oh, uh, you know, massive Italian Western like close-ups, and then like really distant shots. Um, uh, it's uh, yeah, really, really striking, and it's got like uh, bits of old um, uh, Ennio Morricone. Um, there's uh, Nico Fidenko, some of his zombie soundtracks are, are spotted. Uh, Stelvio Cipriani. And it uses a lot of um, theme from um, uh, La Route de Selina by Christophe. Hmm. It's a really nice soundtrack. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. Okay. What was this called? Uh, Let the Corpses Tan. Let the Corpses Tan. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I really I recommend to... that. And then and then I watched... Um, uh, yeah, so for the... Uh, like Wintry, too. Wintry things. So I'll recommend... Um, Ghostkeeper again, if you haven't seen that. Uh, we talked about that before. And then uh, watched um, uh, All the Creatures Are Stirring. All the Creatures Are Stirring. And, uh, but I, I, I fancy seeing a Yeti movie. So uh, uh, I've I've seen a bunch of them, like the Italian one, Yeti, Giant of the 20th Century, which is pretty dull. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, a rip-off of the 70s King Kong. Oh, uh, okay. But it's, it's pretty dull. I'm yeah, we went the abominable snowman route too. Yeah, we were like, oh, let's see what's on Shutter, mm. and uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot. <laughs> there weren't a lot of abominable, abominable snowmen. <laughs> Easy for you yes. to say. So uh, yeah, I went just went back to the Hamill one. Yeah, we were hoping we would find that one somewhere to watch. Oh, okay, well here you go. Oh, oh sweet. Uh, this is very. This is going for a lot of money now. Okay. Online, so I won't lose it. <laughs> you won't lose it. You'll sell it. I will sell it for a lot, and say I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about what you saw? Yeah, uh, it's a pretty short list. Um, the uh, what? Are you busy or something? A little, you working a little bit a little too much, bit, man. Yeah. Overworking. It's... You're a workaholic. Yeah, I'm addicted, addicted to, to workaholic. <laughs> you... Got it. Um, yeah, this week has been the marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel. Maisel? Maisel? Maisel. Did we decide it was Maisel? Rhymes with nasal. She says Maisel. Okay. So, uh, yeah, season two of that. And uh, uh, the Mrs. and I watched uh, Dumplin'. Dumplin'. Dumplin', which is a new movie on Netflix. Uh, 
I'll let you guess who chose this one, but it's, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so it's, it's about this, uh, girl in the south who uh, oh, has I would have never guessed yeah <laughs> whose mom is like a pageant queen uh Jennifer Aniston plays her and uh, she hasn't really given up the whole idea of uh, being involved with pageants although she knows that you know she's not a kid anymore or whatever but uh she doesn't even give a second thought to whether or not her daughter would ever want to get involved with a thing like this but her daughter is like body types be damned my friends and i are doing this as a protest because people who do these things are so dismissive and kind of cruel we're gonna we're gonna sign up we're gonna do it so it's her and another girl who's kind of big and gets teased a lot and then a girl who's kind of a tomboy but kind of a punk Mm -hmm. uh and that's a boy's name wears ramon's shirts (laughs) she should (laughs) but uh it's a protest but i think they end up uh having a little more of a um, affection for it than they would have imagined. Is this a movie or a series? It's a movie. It's a, it's one of those Netflix branded things that, you know, Netflix original, mm-hmm. whether or not they financed it and got it yeah. rolling or just put their sticker on it. I'm not sure which that is, but uh, it was charming. It was funny. I, I enjoyed it more than you might think for somebody who likes the horror that I like. Um, but it was fun. Um, I didn't watch... Any other horror? I did get uh, about a third of the way through uh, Return of Living Dead, the novel uh, by John Russo that Jolien loaned me. Um, I'm hoping to finish some books uh, in small amounts of time until I can sit down with a longer amount of time and actually Mm -hmm. read. Uh, My trouble is by the time I get everything done and I think I'm going to read, my face pretty much hits the book and then I wake up some amount of time later. It's just, I can't do it. Um, I have, I have uh, books I read. I have like the bathroom book and then I have the bed book. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So uh, the bed book is Shiver by Junji Ito. It's a oh. collection of his short stories. Oh, good. Really good. So you could get to the end of a story and then say, yeah, right, I'm tired. Yeah, stories and just read one or two of those. And yeah. That's cool. I so. did watch something else. What was it? Summer of 84. Oh, how did you like that it one? It was so good, I forgot all about it. <laughs> uh, I found it strange because they advertise it kind of like Shudder's Stranger Things. Except for it's a movie. Except that it's a movie. Uh, but it seems like an obvious parallel there, I would say. Right. Um, the kids like... are a little bit older. They're 15 instead of 12 or whatever they are. It's familiar things. <laughs> right. Uh but the movie has nothing to do with the 80s. Other than a George Bush Reagan sign, Reagan George Bush sign in the uh, in somebody's yard, one of the characters' yards. Yeah. And the fact that the characters don't use cell phones, obviously. Right. Um, there's no reason for it to be set in 1984. Mm. It's, it, it was like, it was odd that they, because Stranger Things relied so heavily on, remember the 80s? Right. Um, uh, this was like, no, don't, don't remember the eighties. Right. Don't, this just happens to take place in 84. The shirt with blood on it ha- is a, is an MTV shirt. It is, but it didn't matter. Right. It could have been any shirt it with blood on it. It could have been any shirt with blood on it. Yeah. It, it's, and, it was all for set dressing. You're right. Yeah. Did you watch this also? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I watched okay. it a few weeks ago. I, I talked about it briefly. I think. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I, I think I remember saying that it was the guy from Mad Men that 
plays these suspected. That's right. We're not going to spoil it, but he, but you suspect he's the bad guy. Well, they say right, like first first shot with him, you're like, oh yeah, he's the killer. Yeah. You and know, the, there's the, no. They could have yeah. had. I don't know. Um, a lot of it plays like Rear Window. Yep. Um, and as Fright know, Night does too. <laughs> as I don't know why you would try to try to top Rear Window. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah, just that, that's that's advice to all filmmakers, past, present, and future. Don't. Yeah, I mean, maybe you should. Maybe you should. if you have a really unique take on Rear Window, maybe from the killer's point of view. Yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that sinister kid's watching me. Yeah. It wasn't for you nosy kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one's worked the Scooby Doo angle, have they? You know. Hitchcock should have written Scooby-Doo episodes. That shit would have been way more interesting. If you listen to the uh, commentary on the Abominable Snowman DVD, uh-huh. uh, Val Guest tells this anecdote about Alfred Hitchcock. I won't repeat here, but oh, uh, okay. yeah, it's very funny. Because ah. Hitchcock pranked him, and then he took this revenge prank on him, and it stopped him. Oh! <laughs> so it outpranked Hitchcock. Wow, <laughs> that's that's not something that Hitchcock uh, made people cry with pranks. Oh yeah, he was he was, cruel. <laughs> he was brutal. <laughs> what kind of pranks made people cry? Oh my God, I don't remember. Well, uh, he's right up there with Orson Welles for monstrous, uh, famous people of past. Yes, uh, that's... subscribe to our Patreon for Orson Welles stories, <laughs> right. and and uh, you know uh, Hitchcock. Prank stories. Yeah. I'll also be reviewing The Mummy five minutes at a time. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Our new podcast, The <laughs> Fuck Mummy Minute. Funk Mummy Minute. Yeah, I will yeah. t- I will be watching five minutes and talking about it for five minutes. Uh, they used to have cartoons in front of the feature. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. do like the, the Mummy Minute. The Mummy Minute. Yeah. yeah. And this week on The Mummy Minute. <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Five, you know, yeah, thirteen through eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> not much happened. No, nope. no Tom Cruise yet. Hey, I got a crazy idea. Let's put the guy who plays Nick and the new girl opposite of Tom Cruise, and we'll name Tom Cruise's character Nick. Oh yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, and then let Tom Cruise just take over the whole movie and decide that there should be a great big scene in an airplane. That's lost control and is plummeting to the ground. Because of the mummy. Yes, just because of the mummy. Because mummies make planes crash. Mummies do make planes crash. Well, they make buses crash, too, if you ever watch Bubba Hotep. Oh, yeah, that's true. Where are we going with all this, the listeners might be wondering. <laughs> We're going to the wintry three. Yeah. Um, would either one of you like to brief any new listeners who haven't listened to our previous wintry threes what is a wintry three we usually pick three wintry horror movies and then talk about them and then talk about them (laughs) but they're either involve like christmas or snow they're set in snowy places they're set in snowy places so it could be the thing no yeah we watched we've chosen obvious ones like black christmas black christmas the shining uh yeah. dead snow something mm-hmm. where the um the presence of the cold and snowy weather uh, has an effect on the characters and their yeah. situations 30 days a night oh yeah that was a good one yeah we looked up a bunch of them yeah uh trying to find one and then we ended up with snow beast snow beast not the 1977 tv movie snow beast which is much better 
1977 made for TV movie. Good stuff. Is far better. Yeah. Oh, if that made me you. much better. This movie at times felt like a sci-fi channel movie. Oh, Lordy. Um, only not. Got rejected by sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, because it was so dull. Ouch. There were no like over the top goofy moments in the thing, really. And the uh, the creature's face changed at some point in the movie. Oh. They show it early, and it's it's one way, and then it's kind of goat-like, and then they show it later, and it's like, huh, they decided they had a better face. I think I know what happened. The guy who had the goat face one uh, didn't get... Dropped out? Yeah, one of his checks bounced. He got pissed, and he said, all right, I'm taking my goat face, and I'm leaving. Yeah. And my rights to the goat face, from this point forward, you can't have. That may be. That may be the case. And they're like, call up the other guy with the other face. With the other face, who yeah. who made the less good Snow Beast. <laughs> uh, so Snow Beast 2.0 came came into the picture just uh, did it, last year. Did it toggle? Ba- did it toggle back and forth between the two faces, or was it just from this point? It was like uh, the movie. He he appears at somebody's truck window fairly early, and it's one face, and then later. It's a different face. It's like they did that one shot with a f- sort of uh, like the face wasn't as uh, technical as the as the second face. Okay, its mouth didn't move quite as realistically. It didn't, oh. you know, so I don't know. So I don't know what happened there. So I, I meant you that set with like the original uh, yes. Snow Beast and and I watched that Shriek one. of the Mutilated. And... Yes, and I watched Shriek of the Mutilated too, although. Can I remember Shriek of the Mutilated? No. It's all a big, hairy, blurry blur. <laughs> yeah, that should be inside the laurel leaves on the back of the DVD. It's all a big... Most, most certainly. I know I watched Shriek of the Mutilated. What happened in that one? It was a Bigfoot. All them yeah, Bigfoots. that one's more of a Scooby-Doo plot. Yeah. <laughs> So it's that groundskeeper that wants to scare everyone off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds about right. So uh, so um, faces aside, what's the story like on this thing? Uh, Is it like a kid wrote it? Is it like that kind of crap? No. Well, that can be great because the house was... It's Yeah. It's a little bit... Story. I don't know. Better? Worse than that? It's very by the books. John Schneider, Luke Duke... Luke Duke. He'll always be Luke Duke to me. Luke Duke has a daughter, a teenage daughter. The mom's left. Here, I'll take one. Okay. So is he the br- and brunette one or the blonde one? The blonde one. Okay. Bo was the brunette. Okay. B, Bo, brunette. That's how you can remember. Luke Skywalker was the blonde. Luke Duke's blonde. Yeah, I just remember <laughs> Daisy Duke for some reason. For some reason. A couple of reasons. So, <laughs> um, so was that on CBS? Yes, it was on CBS. I knew it because nowhere we ever lived did we get CBS, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Dukes of Hazard, Dukes of Hazard." I'm like, "Yeah." I love the show so much. I watched it the next week in Spanish. Los Dukes de Hazard. <laughs> oh lordy! Uh, I was like prime age for Dukes of Hazard. It was yeah. just car chases and idiots. <laughs> I loved it. Um. Tried to rewatch it in college. I felt dumber every episode. Oh, God. Uh, significantly dumber. Like, maybe I'd been huffing gas. 
Have you ever rewatched Rockford Files or Beretta or anything oh, like that? Oh, Rockford Files holds up. I would hope it I would. I love the Rockford Files. James I'll Garner still is watch priceless. Those. Yeah. Um, I've not watched Beretta since I was a kid, and it was always one of those that was like, ooh, what else is on? <laughs> you know, because it was, I don't know. He just looked troubled. Yeah. He looked like he was always hungover, but he had that bird. It's he like, man, you can bird. barely take care of yourself. What are you doing with a bird? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, stupid story. John Schneider goes out to the woods because he is a scientist who's studying lynx. And uh, he takes his daughter along for some reason. And there's a couple scientists there. There's no lynx. Then they see a snow beast. Snow beast kills everybody. Um, there's some really hilarious scenes where they do the the person's looking, and then the thing crosses in front of the camera real quick. Oh, I, I love mean, that. It's a total Scooby Doo thing. Always works. Uh, and it's like brightly lit. The snow beast always attacks in the day. It seems, uh, although they say in the movie he'll be more active at night. Um, Kills a bunch of them. John Schneider and the and the daughter get away. The end. Wow. <laughs> so, John Schneider is present throughout the movie, though. Yes, he's there. He never appears as like you know, like not like Northern Exposure guy. Yeah, not not like that at all. In he, uh, Night of the Wild, he signed it? up. Although I believe he signed up for a a, a uh, snowmobile vacation. Because he rides the snowmobile a lot in the movie. Uh-huh. And I, I'm pretty sure that's how that got him on board. Because he's the only one with any acting chops. Right. As much as Dukes of Hazard would provide you acting chops. I'm pretty sure he didn't have to audition for the role either. Because mm. <laughs> he's the big name. <laughs> now that uh, reminds me of uh, when I was in college. Um they brought in uh, um, David Carradine for a movie. Oh. And um, apparently the first thing you had to do was get the contract that says he may not be drinking on set or come to set drunk because apparently he had quite a drinking problem. Oh, yeah. And um, But he was apparently a very skilled martial artist. Uh, maybe he did get that interested in it when he was doing Kung Fu. Yeah, he was a student of Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, Carradine was... Uh, he was a uh, really professional on set, I guess, but uh, he didn't have much patience for people talking to him about Kung Fu if they didn't know what they were talking about. Mm. And this uh, dopey kid that was in this movie, Midnight Fear, uh, apparently said something about him being grasshopper. And he, and he I guess he re- retorted with, I played Kane, not grasshopper. <laughs> yeah, very he uh he he pretty much offended everyone in my hometown cuz he <laughs> filmed a movie there and he was such a drunken asshole. Um nobody I'm sure in Deming, New Mexico had a kind word to say about him. <laughs> so is this his thing was well, here I when I joke about this sometimes like Nicolas Cage doing X number of movies for X amount of money rather than doing one movie for $10 million. Yeah. Um, that was the knowledge, the, the uh, sort of common knowledge and wisdom about uh, David Carradine was that he couldn't get one $10 million movie, but he could get 10 $1 million movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like, and so he was in a movie in the 
early 90s called Gas, Food, and Lodging. Uh-huh. Um, it's a terrible film. Should, I, should have been called Gas, Food, Lodging, and Everclear. Yeah. <laughs> and he evidently was drunk a whole lot in town. Mm. So... so uh, Next year, we'll have uh, Nicolas Cage in a Lovecraft movie. What? Oh, wow. He's doing uh, The Color Out of Space, and it's directed by Richard Stanley. Really? Mm. The troubled Richard Stanley from uh, <laughs> from uh, Dr. Moreau? Dr. Moreau and Hardware and oh, Dust yeah. Devil. Lordy. Yeah, we need this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I'm excited. Yeah. So, um, so your movie, uh, was it, uh, was it something that was just a chore to get through it or did you get some good laughs? Uh, I got a lot more good laughs than the second wintry feature I watched, which was all the creatures are stirring. Um, yeah. Should we then throw it to Jolie in the start talking about that and you can, sure, uh, add why not? I can throw in and yeah. I so throw down. Who did the, uh, the original the poem that's based on uh-huh all, all the titles of the stories are based on this poem yeah and i always thought it was uh, clement clark moore but he took credit for it oh in 1844. really he, he put it in the book of his poems <clears throat> but it was actually uh, published anonymously in 1823 and uh there's like uh the current theory is that it was major henry livingston jr really who wrote it but uh, no one can tell for sure. Uh, wow, I had never heard that story. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, yeah, that's much better than interesting the movie. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas. Yeah, I Christmas. was really disappointed with this. I was like, I really wanted to like it, and I was, I felt bad. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, on one hand, you can go, uh, I feel bad for disliking this film mm-hmm. because. I want to like it because of the people behind yeah. it. Yeah. And the other hand, if you just take it at face value as a film, it didn't work at ah. all. There were two stories. Okay, instead of the three stories they usually give you in an anthology, they upped it to five. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. But only two of the stories, according to Eugenia and I, kind of worked. I'm guessing number two, where he's in the car park. Yes, car park one and then the last one with with the aliens yeah the yeah twilight zone one yes exactly those were the two and i thought the car park one would have been an interesting feature if they stretched it out although it could be a little too close to it follows i liked it as it was because like the premise is just so it's just that that like like a kid making up a a story a horror story and it doesn't make any sense yeah it doesn't explain it and i kind of like that yeah yeah, I would fear if they if they made it too long that it would be it would be the the urge to explain things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I enjoyed that too. That it didn't make any sense. That it was you kept thinking it was going to be something with consumerism because it was about you know they started. Yeah, so it's off. basically it's Christmas Eve and there's this one guy who's shopping for his family, and he's just come out of the store as it closed, and he's the last one in the lot as far as he can see at first. Yeah. And uh, but then he gets himself locked out of his car and his phone's inside the car. Oh. And uh, but then he notices there's this van over in the corner, creepy van in the corner. And oh. uh, so he goes. He eventually works up 
the you know the desperation to go over and, and knock on there and see if yeah. they got food and then things go downhill. Oh. So was the van rocking? No, he checked first. Was not rocking, so he went out knocking. Okay, just checking. Uh, yeah, the movie itself is set up as uh, two characters, a man and a woman, meet on Christmas Eve to go to the theater because it's the only thing open. Yeah, it's their oh. first date. It's their first date, and they're both orphans. And they go to the theater, and that's kind of the... the uh, Yes, yeah, so they, they the go staging they go the, the story theater. device, the yeah. device, smaller, yeah. uh, like off the mainstream theaters, and there's like and three people come out on this bare stage, and they've just got minimal props, mm-hmm. and then someone comes out and puts a title card up, yeah, and they start doing something, and then it goes into, a and then film. it cuts to a film, which is kind of an odd <clears throat> choice, yeah. Um, Sounds like some blue man group would do. <laughs> Or did do. <laughs> did do, perhaps. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, it cuts into the into these movies. And the first movie is an office. The stockings were hung. Take off oh. kind of. secret Santa parties. Yeah. Oh. And it doesn't work on any level. Yeah, it's kind of the office all. meets saw. It's the office meets saw. There's these office workers trapped in a room with presents. They're like, you have to give each other presents, and they're booby-trapped, some of them. Yeah, they get a phone call from someone doing an impression of, like, the voice from Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Billy. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, first off, why don't they just pick their own gift? That takes care of at least one gift. And if there's anyone else, I mean, they could pick out the wrapping paper. You know who your own gift is. Sure. Um, so you start running into problems like that, you know, or like plot problems. And it goes nowhere, and there's no surprising end. Mm-hmm. And you're just left wondering, like, is this going to get any better? And then there's the parking lot one. Kind of works. Sure. Um, and then... Dash away all. And then dash all, all through the house is like a Christmas Carol modern yes. day. A modern-day Christmas Carol that didn't do anything new or work. Really. I thought the special effects were, were well done. Like they that, were. The mirror effect in that one is good. Yeah. Yeah, there was a nice effect where they turned off the light and you could see the ghost. Once the light went off, you mm-hmm. could see its glowing eye. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and then there was a silly one about a reindeer. Uh, yeah, a, a rose such a clutter. And yeah, that's the one where a guy hits a plush deer. Yeah, and dead then, deer movie. Oh, dead deer. Yeah, alrighty and then. And then there's a reindeer uh, stalking him, or somebody stalking him. I fast forwarded. I'm not yeah, gonna there's lie. There's nothing to it. That's all there is to it. He kills a deer, and then a deer kills him. Yeah, there was like, and, and, it, it, just and, then kept... it, and it flashes back to what you saw five minutes ago. Oh Lord, a deer bitch slapping a hunter. Yeah, you still so, need to watch so that, you don't see, you? Like the deer's got a collar. <laughs> And it's, yeah, and he had he was Donner or Blitzen or something. Yeah. Um, and that uh, was the that was the one where I, I noticed that how unchristmassy this movie was because all the trees are green. Mm-hmm. So obviously yeah. shot back in spring or summer. It was shot in spring or summer. Yeah, it didn't look wintry at all. Like, like when and then I thought, oh, when the couple was walking around in the street looking for the theater, there's like no. There's no Christmas decorations. Mm-mm, no. And even though they said it in Southern California, mm-hmm. they made no effort to make it look Christmassy. And then the final one is kind of an 
Twilight Zone one with aliens yeah. trying to learn the, the secret of Christmas that <laughs> kind of worked and had some kind of neat visual effects for a cheap, low-budget movie. That one kind of worked, but still, it, it it was so lacking. And then the, then it finish, uh, finishes the, the wraparound yeah. story. Yeah. With the... Which was a total, so like, lame. what? Yeah, what am yeah. I watching? What? That's it? Yeah. So it what just, is, what's it the... just made, made me think of like what you've said before, like it doesn't cost anything to write. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Low, low budget <laughs> doesn't excuse poor writing. Right. You know, no. get, get these things a start, yeah. middle, and an end. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, make, if you're going to do an anthology, they all, sadly, because of the Twilight Zone and stuff, I think they all need a twist, and none of these felt like they had any sort of twist you know i guess the parking lot one kind of did yeah but only in the fact that you learned what was going yeah, that, on that was the closest thing to a satisfying yeah and that one would that one kind of worked you know um yeah but i think when when uh, people making films get too close to them they they forget uh, they they lose they lose track of what's not working and what's working. Oh, I could totally see it. I could. I had these fears watching this movie of the three of us making a film <laughs> and just all the shit that would go wrong that we wouldn't even notice. Yeah. And then you'd see it and you'd just you'd watch it and you'd be like, oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> Why didn't I write a better story? I could have done lo- a couple loaded more. loaded with all these in-jokes and things. And you'd be like, oh, that's the in-joke. That's the in-joke. Yeah, that's yeah, in-joke. yeah, exactly. And we'd forget that we'd made a piece of... Garbage. <laughs> a piece of hot garbage, which I'm sorry, Shockwaves people. But uh, if you listen to this show... <laughs> they don't. They don't. No, they they don't have listen. better things to do. <laughs> like yeah. make Christmas movies. Yeah. And Halloween movies. And Halloween movies. Which also had an alien coming down to Earth. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I seem to remember that. Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween. Oh, that Halloween movie, yeah. Yeah, I watched that one. Oh, you were thinking of uh, Turek being involved with that one. Yeah, Ryan Turek. Um, So uh, this one's not a big recommend, is it? Huge miss. Oh, it's too bad. For me. Now, if you could just edit out, you just keep the two stories that, that landed... No, no, not even because they don't even land. They don't land so much as they just eventually hit the ground and stop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they, they don't stick it. They crash land. You know, two or three of the five don't do anything at mm-hmm. all. They're just straight up trash that should have been like not filmed. Oh, and then <laughs> two of them. If you had had two really strong movies, strong stories, yeah. and threw in one of those two as a weak filler, yeah, it would have been great. But they didn't do that. You know, I'll probably brave this one. I'll give it a watch, and then it's only. Then I'll it's talk not about. Very long, I'll talk about think. my thoughts about it, it. Yeah, it's eighty minutes or so. Yeah, well, it, it seems it's a long eighty minutes. Yeah, it it gets a pretty sloggy, uh, yeah. especially the the plush reindeer story just really drags yeah that's right so that's it you know that's where it went yeah <laughs> ta-da <laughs> ta-da yeah so i felt kind of bad about, about it. Uh, i liked uh, grand skipper he's the uh he's the the fella in the couple that oh okay 
go the, to the theatre. The heavy set I, Harry I was, Potter. I was expecting uh, Constance Wu to be the the woman, but she only yeah. turns up in the last story. Yeah, I did too. And she, um, she she's probably seem that into it. She didn't seem that into it, and yet she was probably the best person in the whole thing. Yeah, her and yeah, yeah Grand Skipper, and yeah, you know. She may have realized when she got on set that this was... So uh, a Christmas horror story goes from being the only Christmas anthology to being the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, I'll have to watch that one next. After Abominable Snowman. Yeah, watch uh, Christmas Horror Story and uh, Tales from the Crypt, the original movie. Yeah. And then you've got your Christmas. All right. And you watched, what did you watch? Extinction? Extinction from 2015. Um, This was formerly known as Welcome to Harmony. Um, Welcome to Pleasure. Who could imagine this place like this would be called Pleasure? It's it's Harmony. Harmony. Or Harmony. harmony. Yeah. Anyway, so Extinction is um, a post-apocalyptic film directed by Miguel Angel. Did they say Angel or Angel? Angel. Okay, Miguel Angel Vivas, who uh, also co-wrote the screenplay with Alberto Marini for the novel Y Pese y Todo uh, by Juan de Dios Garundo. No, Garduno. Anyway, the film stars Matthew Fox, Jeffrey Donovan, and Quinn McColgan. No no uh, Spanish names there. Um, it's a post, post-apocalyptic future. Three survivors confront issues from their past as well as a race of crazed zombies the film was released on july 31st 2015 in the united states uh production was first announced december of 2013 uh, as an ombra films production uh so the producers are spanish and they filmed it in budapest Um, okay and if you remember from the bride budapest just you know it's, it's a day trip Budapest from, from anywhere yeah. from anywhere yeah geographical anomaly right. um, uh, the the plot basically is that um, there's been a, a viral zombie bullshit outbreak uh, opening scene is a bunch of people on a bus there's a couple military dudes and they seem to be telling everybody to just like stay stay put don't do anything and uh, somebody opens the bus door and someone gets killed and pretty soon it just looks like if you don't get the hell off the bus, you're going to be one of them or you're going to, you know, you're going to get eaten by one of them or become one of them. Uh, this zombie virus is spreading pretty quickly. So you can recognize Matthew Fox and Jeffrey Donovan and then some uh, actress who doesn't make it past the next scene or two. Uh, she doesn't make it and there's a baby. So the two guys take off. So I'm thinking um, this movie is going to be two jerks and a baby, two jerks and a baby. However, it turns out that they do a time jump, so it's my two jerks. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, you get this title card. It's clear that there's, like, a zombie outbreak, and these guys, like, roll under a bus and then run, and there's all kinds of shooting and chaos and people eating uh, other you know, zombies eating people. and People eating zombies. Yeah, it's just totally. when in Rome. Yeah, it's, it's t- when in Budapest. Yeah. When in Budapest. It's clearly supposed to be set in the U.S., but it's not. Um, well, you can't tell it's not, but when you start looking at the credits, it's like, huh, this doesn't look like uh, like anybody except for the three <laughs> the three main characters. Uh, 
we're actually Americans. The, uh, the deal here basically is, uh, having found a good place to stay and having waited this out, um, uh, Jeffrey Donovan's character, um, let's see, what was his character called? Uh, does it, it's Jeff. Does it, <laughs> jerk face. We're just going to call him jerk face and the other one Jack because he was Jack and lost. Yes. Can Jack just, and Jeff. Yeah. Or, Lion and Steven. <laughs> that's right. Lion and Steve having an ice cream. Um, so, so it basically looks like if you can get yourself to a fortified house of some sort, fence around it. Uh, you know, windows boarded up, some guns, some the food. The American dream. Yep, the American dream, basically. Yes, um, that you that you'll survive, and uh, apparently they and haven't. Hell, s- prosper. Yes, why not? <laughs> uh, so it looks like there's some weird thing that's happened with uh, Jack. He's grown a beard, really long hair, looks troubled. He's in the neighboring house. But I'm thinking, oh, does he just like have his own pad? What's going on? I wasn't sure which one the kid belonged to, but obviously it was uh, it was uh, Jerkface because that's the the ten year old daughter, like almost ten year old, okay, is living with him. And uh, you see um, Jack take off on a snowmobile, and he looks like he shoots a horse. Maybe comes back with some horse meat. So my notes say something about, oh, now we're eating horse meat. Um, the horse looked pretty healthy. I don't know where it got out from, but it didn't look like it was running wild. It looked groomed. It looked well fed. Way to go, Jack. You killed the neighbor's horse. (laughs) That's kind of what I was thinking. So his equestrian event is eating horse. So a healthy uh, horse would be much more useful alive after an apocalypse, wouldn't it? I would think so, but he had a snowmobile, so maybe he didn't care. I'm Uh, sure there's gas available everywhere. Yeah, it hasn't turned to gel yet. So cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you're watching this thing and it's like, all right, what's going on here? Um, you know, they're already eating horse meat. They're holed up in these houses. Okay. What, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Um, Bad so, horse meat. so, uh, yeah, Jack pours some whiskey in a bowl for the dog and the dog appears to enjoy it. Like <laughs> at least partake in it, which tells you it was beef broth. Um, mm. the little girl's name is Lou. Uh, Jack is running a crazy radio show on this ham radio and he's just saying all kinds of crazy shit. And I think he's got a loudspeaker going on outside too. Like he's hoping to get other people to come around. So he's, he's choosing to educate her at home. Um, jerk is educating her at home, teaching her math, all that kind of shit. Like you're going to need math. She doesn't want to brush her teeth. Um, I thought there was going to be some dental situation. They're going to have to go out on a, uh, not a horse, but, uh, there was, um, that one of the British astronauts on the radio last week, and uh, he's just done a book about uh, do you have what it takes to be an astronaut? And uh, one of the things they're doing with the Mars mission is because astro- astronauts are out there so long, uh-huh. like on space stations or, or on, the, on the actual Mars mission, one of the things they have to learn is how to do dentistry. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> that is just wretched. I thought you were going to mention that uh, I saw a Facebook post that said they were thinking of sending an all-woman crew to overcome the uh, the horniness of astronauts, which somebody wrote below, don't tell them. <laughs> somebody else wrote, this is, has all the earmarks of the greatest film ever made. <laughs> Signed, Harvey. 
Oh, Lordy. Um, all right. So Jack is out on his uh, snowmobile doing a supply raid, which you'd think if most people have been wiped out, you should be able to just pull some sort of a sled behind your uh, snowmobile and have all kinds of supplies from just one day out. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a great danger of these zombies coming back around because, well, they don't seem to be seeing any of them. And all of a sudden he gets attacked, knocked off of his snowmobile by a zombie that is really white and uh, looks like it has mutated. So they've they become resistant to weather because they're basically naked and they have like little sharp toothed mouths in, in their ears, it looked like. So they got ear mouths and then a mouth mouth. Uh, huh. But it's it's revealed pretty early on that they're totally blind for whatever reason. But they can hear and they can maybe maybe not smell because uh, if someone's right in front of them and stops moving, it doesn't make any noise. They don't seem to know where they're at. So huh. that's kind of dumb. Um so yeah, he uh, he gets tackled off of the snowmobile. Um, he on his way back. Uh, do we do we ever get a chance to learn about his tattoos? No, we don't get to learn Damn, about his tattoos. What a story <laughs> avenue well, they just totally avoided. <laughs> well, Jerkface fails to shoot um, the zombie t- like twice, and then uh, and then Jack gets a his neck bitten, like looks like it's maybe torn out. You think, Oh, this is it. He's going to, he's going to turn into a zombie or he's going to die. Uh, the dog does die by the way, uh, which is a shame. It looked like a cool dog. Uh, you can see Jack considering suicide. I don't know what his character is really called. Jack from lost Matthew Fox. Um, the girl is foolishly outside the fence and she gets attacked. Jerk face saves her. He gets injured um, then the Jack same saves him and captures the mutant zombie. And so you, here you are, you know, two thirds of the way through this movie, you're finally getting like, what up with these new zombies? And it just seems like they can bite you and you don't change. Oh, okay. okay. Apparently they really rip you up pretty good and you don't die. So what's the threat? That's my problem with this movie. Mm. Uh, there's a lot they could have done with the isolation, Apparently these two had a falling out and the little girl doesn't really even know Jack. Mm. And then there's a plot twist. Do you want me to tell a plot twist? Yeah. Okay. Reveal. I'm never watching this thing. Um, (laughs) I forgot to give a spoiler alert at the beginning of this. We're opening presents and putting on paper crowns. Um, Spoiling films. I'm going to spoil this. Um, She invites him over for dinner and he cuts off his long hair and shaves his beard and makes himself presentable. And then uh, the two guys end up not getting along and having a little spat. It's Jack's kid, not Jerkface's kid. Never so, would have seen it coming. Yeah. Um, Does that matter? Well, let's see. Um, dinner goes wrong. Flashbacks tell us that Jack is the father to the little girl named Lou. Um Let's see. They go out on another trip and they find this cold, disoriented woman. And she happens to know that the zombies can call each other. It's like, I don't know. From there, um, I'll have to refer to the synopsis. Zombie phones. 
Yeah, <laughs> they can call to each other. They, well, no, they haven't evolved to cell phones. They've got like they just uh, have cans tin cans. Yeah, yeah, tin cans with strings. <laughs> um, That'd be a good scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they take her with they they board up the house. Um, that was my song. <laughs> the final probably 25 percent of the movie is the house being overrun with zombies and them fighting them off. Um, is it well done? Well, a lot of it looks pretty good. Uh, I wasn't bored watching it. Um, I did kind of roll my eyes at some of the conceits and plot devices, but. Um, I would say if anybody likes Matthew Fox or Jeffrey Donovan or some girl they've never heard of, uh, they like cold movies because it's apparently the part of this um, global apocalypse is that it's always winter. Oh. I don't know if this means it's a nuclear winter. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a winter that doesn't go away. And then there's like these scenes where like, oh, the sun finally came up, man. Huh. And... Uh, it sounded like I was trying to do Keanu Reeves, but yeah, it just was like this. Whoa, the sun's up. Uh, does that mean that winter's finally ending, and maybe the white frozen zombie guys are going to go away? I don't know. Um, maybe something got lost in translation. One of uh, I wanted to talk about what some of the critics had said about it. One of them said, uh, "Let's see, uh, too little zombie, too much plot." One of them said. Um, they say that the, the young actress, uh, that plays Lou is clearly someone to watch for in the future. Um, Oh good. I was afraid you were going to have some critics slagging some 10 year old girl. (laughs) Terrible. She should stop. Yeah. Get out of the business now. Um, Frank Sheck, Frank Sheck in the extinction review for the Hollywood reporter argued if there's one reason to hope for an actual zombie apocalypse is that there will be no more zombie apocalypse movies. Uh, at least not for 10 or 15 years. So you've got a, like a male couple who have a daughter between them. Yeah, but they're not really in the same house. But they're not really a couple. Yeah, no. that, that would be more interesting. Yeah, like I like I said, my two jerks would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or two jerks and a baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, you know, the action sequences are, are fine. Um, the zombies barreling through the house just for some reason just got tiresome. Like I think it should have, the threat didn't feel interesting or desperate. So, uh, I could rewatch that scene if it wasn't a rental, but I paid like three ninety nine for this and I'm not going to pay it again. Okay. If it pops up for free, I might give it another watch and say, all right, what did I, did I miss something? Am I being a jerk? Is it three jerks and a little girl? Three jerks and a little girl. Yeah. So, um, I would not recommend this, but I wouldn't say avoid this because it's a waste of your time. I would just say, yeah, watch it, but don't expect miracles. Yeah. If it, if if you're bent on watching, save it. your three ninety nine. Yeah. You know, spend it on something that you can trust a little better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that one, um, the, the the horror and the suspense didn't really land for me. It was interesting enough to watch, but I don't know, man. How, how can we go over this zombie apocalypse crap one more time? Can we just stop? I don't know. I like how zombie a, movies and I'm sick of them. How about a couple of kids stuck in the back of a car? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Zombie Cujo. Yeah. yeah it's weird because I'm not really interested in new zombie apocalypse movies, but I'll rewatch 
zombie and Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead any day. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. You know, I don't know why the, like those old ones work over and over and over, but nothing new works. But yeah, the battery, more like that. Yeah. Or, you know, which I guess that last scene was kind of like Cujo in a way. It was. It was yeah. Cujo. I mean, they couldn't afford to have him attack a house, so they attacked a car. I mean, the movie did a, it was smartly written for 6,000 mm. bucks. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Much yeah. better than the, uh, the, all the creatures are stirring, which yeah. could have cost the same amount. And, but the writing wasn't but there. But just the writing wasn't there. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah, Joe Bob said, writing doesn't cost anything. And yeah. it's true. Just sit down and write. Um, what does work in a wintry movie for you guys? Does the weather need to be a severe threat? Yeah, you need to have a, a feel of the, the atmosphere. Of, yeah. Like if you go out there for too long, you're not going to make it just because it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. So and that that isolation that brings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know. Yeah. I, I think that that's kind of the key thing for me. Like that's why The Shining works so well. Yeah. You're screwed. You are at the top of a mountain. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. Especially with Jack having, uh, spoilers for The Shining, <laughs> having sabotaged the snowcat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You just can't. Oh, now you've ruined The Shining for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, the so, thing is, as well, you know, you can't leave the base because... Mm-hmm. You will die from... You will freeze to yeah. death. Exposure bucks. You, yeah. From your exposure bucks. You haven't saved up enough. <laughs> to protect you. <laughs> yeah. Stuffing your jacket. Uh if between now and I'm assuming next week we'll record our Christmas extravaganza. Okay. Uh, um, I'll, I'll talk about Abominable Snowman. Then. Oh, yeah. You have one more. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, do we have, are we out of time? No. No. no, no we're we never out of time. No. This, we could record for six hours on this thing. All right. Let's go. No, I'm sorry. So, it was seven more hours if you want to. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Abominable Snowman. Minute by minute. Known in the U.S. as the Abominable Snowman of the Himalayas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1957, directed by Val Guest, who also did the Kratomass oh, okay. 50s movies. So expect good direction. Uh, yeah. Um, this is from Hammer. Um, uh, so uh, the 50s were the big decade for the Yeti. Oh, oh. Was it? As the 70s were for the Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, shall I go into the where the Yeti popped up? Yes. Sure, please. Uh, I did a bit of research in my books. Something good. Actual right. books, printed things. Yes. Uh, so in, in Asia, you have several snowmen scattered about. So in Mongolia and Russia, they're called Almas. In Siberia, it's uh, Chuchna, which means outcast. In China, they have the uh, Yeren, who's the, which means wild man, which is as seen in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, okay. Uh, A.K.A. Uh, Huren, which means snowman. And the uh, Chinese Academy of Sciences mounted expeditions into Tibet in 1959. Ah, and uh, 1976 to 77, hmm. and uh, they reported hairs. They collected eyewitness accounts. They collected poo. Uh, <laughs> they took photos of prints, and uh, one man wandered about uh, Hubei Province dressed in an ape suit and carrying dates in case he ran into a yeti and he could give him some dates. Oh, huh. uh, in Nepal they're known as uh, yeti, uh, which means rocky place bear. Also known as uh, Mite, which means man bear. And in Tibet, they're known as Migoi, which means wild man. Hmm. Which is also the name of a Kate Bush song about them. Anyway, um, in Western Europe, they first pop up in 1832. 
So they've been in like Tibetan law for hundreds of years. But yeah. as far as Europe is concerned, so this explorer named B.H. Hodgson uh, went up into Nepal uh, and he reported that his guide saw a bipedal ape, uh, which he reported as an orangutan. He reckons that's what they saw. And then, uh, then later, 1899, Lawrence Wardell recorded footprints in the Himalayas. Mm. And that's all. Uh, so 1921 uh, is the first biggie. Uh, so it's the British Mount Everest Reconnaissance Expedition led by Harold Burry. And they found footprints, which the Sherpa called uh, uh, Mito Kangumi, which means man bear snowman. And uh, this uh, reporter, this writer, who uh, he sold stories for to various places, including The Spectator, named uh, Henry Newman, interviewed one of the Sherpas, and he, uh, Newman mistranslated Mito as filthy. And when it came time to write the article, he changed filthy to abominable. Ah. Oh. So that's where abominable snowman comes from. All right. So 1921. Uh, 1920. For all the fun we could have had if it was stayed filthy snowman. Filthy snowman. <laughs> Man, the porn parodies write themselves. Well, I know. <laughs> um, I, I just imagined oh, this yellow yeah. creature wandering around. Um, 1925, N.A. Tombazi of the Royal Geographic Society sees a biped and sees prints. Uh, and then you start getting the photographs turning up. 1937, Frank S. Smythe photographs prints which are reprinted in 1952 in Popular Science. Uh, then 1951, Eric Shipton is uh, on a scouting expedition for the Hillary expedition, the, the famous okay. one. And while they're scouting, they come across tracks. Mm. And that's one of the very famous photos where it's got the uh, the head of the uh, ice pick okay, comparing yeah. the size of the, the tracks they found. Um 953, you have the actual Hillary and Tenzing Norgay expedition, and they see prints and Mount Everest. Uh, so this is like huge, yeah, huge news. Um, 954, the Daily Mail sponsors the Snowman expedition to go specifically looking for the Yeti, <laughs> and uh, they turn up prints. And they 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 take photos of paintings at local temples, and uh, they find the one of the scalps. You've probably yeah. seen photos of the scalp. Um, uh, later, uh, science. I, I'll bring science into this to spoil things. Oh, have examined some of these scalps and they found they, they're either like goat hair or they're probably the shoulders from mountain goats of some kind. Mm. Um, anyway, 955 uh, is the publication of uh, Bernard Hoovelman's On the Tracks of Unknown Animals uh, in the French edition, and then it's translated into English in 1958. And Hoovermans uses the term cryptozoology. Oh, okay. That's the introduction of the term? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he credits it to Ivan T. Sanderson. And 1961, Ivan T. Sanderson published a book called Abominable Snowmen Legend Come to Life. So he's oh. credited with the, coming up with the term cryptozoology. Oh. Interesting. Um, and then 1955, you have the airing of uh, a teleplay named The Creature on the BBC, which I'll get back to. 1957, an American named Tom Slick <laughs> funds Yeti expeditions, what an American and name. they find poo. Uh, there's a, they also find the hand of of a primate creature, which is held as a relic at the Pangbosh Monastery. Yes, and you might have seen photos of that. Uh -huh. um, some parts of it were stolen by the 
explorers in 1959 and smuggled out in the luggage of James Stewart. That's what I was going to say. Jimmy Stewart? Uh, yes. They're later identified as being almost human. They're pro- probably Neanderthal. Oh. Uh, the whole thing, like, uh, I think in the early 90s, there was an American, one of those monster documentary series. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they showed this relic. And then it was actually stolen, the whole thing. Oh, man. And it was like, it's believed to be, you know, some private collector nick, paid for it to be nicked. So what eventually happened, like just a few years ago, uh, Weta Studios mm-hmm. made uh, reproductions of the, the whole thing and gave it to the monastery. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, 1958, Tintin in Tibet is serialized. Um, Tintin, like huge yeah. comics character in Europe. Uh, and there, there's lots of research in those those books. So this refers good to, books. Yeah. So this refers to the October 1949 Chinese annexation of Tibet, and uh, and then in '59, by the time it f- finishes serializing, he also works in the uh, the Dalai Lama has to flee to India because yeah. of the Chinese. Um, yeah. So that's that's where the the Yeti was like big news in the '50s. All right. Um, so '57. You have this movie come out, and it's based on the teleplay uh, by Nigel Neal of okay. Quatermass fame. And the teleplay is called The Creature. This is directed by Rudolf Cartier, who did the Quatermass TV series in the 50s. And he also directed uh, 1984, oh, okay. which starred Peter Cushing. Um, so uh, in the teleplay and the movie, Peter Cushing plays Dr. John Rollison, and Wolf Morris plays Nima Kusang. And then in the teleplay, um, Tom Friend, the American who's just after the Yeti for exploitation purposes, yeah, uh, is played by Stanley Baker. And in the movie, he's played by Forrest Tucker. Oh. Um, in the teleplay, the exteriors, they went to Switzerland and Cushing actually went to Switzerland and they shot them there. And this is back when teleplays went out live. Oh, wow. And so if they had to do like uh, locations or some kind of effects... Uh, they'd have to film it and then splice it in yeah. when it went out. So this would go out on Sunday night and then uh, they'd do the whole thing again on Thursday night. But there's no recording of this. Yeah. Uh, all, all that exists of it, apparently. Um, there were some uh, stills taken by John Cura, which are in private hands. Um, but uh, there's there's no recording of it. That's like the Quatermass show. Yeah, they have. There's more of the Quatermass shows. Oh, okay, yeah, because they've got a little bit of videotape, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can see most of those. Um, Now, uh, the director, Rudolf Cartier, had been the scenarist on the 1934 International Himalayan Expedition, and he made a film based from that called uh, The Demon of the Himalayas, Hmm. which I've never seen. Uh, And then the teleplay was parodied later in 1955 in March, by uh, the Goon Show, which is this very famous radio comedy series. Okay, have you heard of it, Goon Show? I've heard of it. So it's written by basically by Spike Milligan. Yeah. And sometimes uh, Eric Sykes worked on it. Um, horror fans might remember him from the Orphanage movie. Um, so uh, that exists. I'll, I'll put that up on Facebook. Anyway, the movie, the Bumble Snowman, Peter Cushing, Forrest Tucker. Uh, Peter Cushing wanted to have a wife in the movie to get a different perspective on things. Yeah. Uh, and he and he, the character's named after his actual wife, Helen. 
and she's played by Maureen Connell. And then you've got Richard Wattis as Peter Fox, who's this... Uh, all the white men in this movie are idiots. <laughs> and uh, he's he's this, like, English idiot, and he's always wearing his school tie and his cricket sweater and stuff. Uh. Um, and then the llama is played by Arnold Marley. Uh, the actor's actually from Berlin. Oh. But uh, I think that's the only yellow face in the movie. All the rest of them, they they pulled all the uh, all the Chinese waiters they could find <laughs> in London <laughs> and recruited them uh, to play the monks and things. And then the special effects, you've got Matt's by Liz Bowie, and you've got Fred Johnson, Jack Easton, and Joe Powell playing the Yeti. And uh, they shot this at Pinewood Studios in French Pyrenees. Uh, and the Lamasseri set was later used for uh, Fu Manchu's Lair. Oh. in the Hammer movies uh, so this is promoted as a horror movie but the Yeti aren't the monsters mm. uh, you they have never from, really are yeah uh, everyone apart from the, the dumb white men has wisdom humility and perceptions above the norm and uh, yeah so uh, I, I won't spoil it but it's uh, it, it doesn't turn into a sci-fi channel style you know Bigfoot creature killing off everyone. Yeah. Oh. Darn, that's too bad. Yeah, so the first time I saw this when I was a kid, I was disappointed because it's not a monster movie, really. Yeah. You do see bits and pieces of the Yeti. Um, but it uh, that's not what it's... They're not the monsters. Yeah. Um, but it's beautifully shot. Um, and, you know, I love the way the studio sets are lit. And, nice. Uh, it's very atmospheric. It's got a good score. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy this one a lot. I'm eager to check it out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I should I enjoy that. I think I watched it a long time ago. I mm-hmm. watched a bunch of these, but who can remember all the Yeti <laughs> films or Bigfoot films? Yeah, this is my favorite of them. Um, uh, the uh, second favorite is another 50s one. It's a Japanese one uh, called Jujin Yukio Toko, which means Beast Man, Snow Man. <laughs> uh, and that was butchered and became this American film called Half Human. They they like shot scenes with John Carradine mm. talking a lot. And Here then, he comes again. Yeah. And then there's this baby Yeti under a sheet on a table, and uh, but that that's all you can see of it generally. Um, but the the original ones like basically the King Kong plot where they oh, okay. they go up into the Japanese Alps and encounter these these creatures up this there. Wild men. Yeah. These filthy snowmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I recommend that one. All right. Cool. Excellent. So for next time, um, we're going to do our uh, Christmas extravaganza. Do a Christmas movie? Yeah. Do you guys have any particular ones in mind that we haven't covered? Uh, so you've not all seen Christmas Horror Story, have you? I've not. Uh, that's the anthology think, one, right? Yeah, I think um, it's on streaming. It is on yeah. streaming, yeah. I've watched, what, is it four or five stories? I can't remember. I watched, I think, three of the stories. I I didn't finish it last year, mm. so we could do that one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't mind re- rewatching that. Cool. Let's do it. Um, and if you feel like watching anything else Christmas that you want to talk about, yeah. that's Christmas and horror, or just Christmas. Hey, Will, you can watch Elf if you want. I don't care. Elf. Yeah. <laughs> it's got. It's got. I'll be watching Christmas Evil. <laughs> That's your favorite, isn't it? That is my favorite. But New Year's Evil, not the same. Thing. Not so much. No. And I'm disappointed in myself. I did not watch Blood Rage for Thanksgiving. Well, there's always next Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
Well, we covered it pretty well, guys. I think we have. All right. Well, we're into the holiday season and we're going to, I think, be able to nail it down for Christmas next time. And uh, hey, if we can, if we could figure out something New Year's related, <laughs> then we will. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's a good spot then. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay warm. Stomp, stomp, stomp. I'm stomping at you. Stomp, 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 stomp. stomp. I'm stomping at you. Thank you.